0: 2012, preparing for 2012. If I could get just a little bit of extra light up here, please. Preparing for 2012 is we uh, look back over Christmas. In order to have what we had at Christmas, there was an element of preparation. Uh, For some of you, you purchased gifts early on. You got the deals well ahead of time. Some of you were there on Black Friday, but I know for some of you, you waited until the absolute last minute to do your shopping. There was an element of preparation, but it may have been 24 to 48 hours. I worked with a pastor like that one time. I I thought, what on earth is he doing? But there was a method to his madness what he would do, and I'm, I'm not talking about Pastor John, so uh, I, I've i learned that I can go somewhere else and talk about the things in the past, but I don't talk about things while, I'm, while I am where I am. But that particular pastor I worked with, he would go on Christmas Eve day and do all of his shopping. And we thought, why on earth would you go on the craziest day of the year and do your shopping? And he said, he would go and see the manager, and he would find what he wanted and would talk those particular items down. And he figured the manager would be so frazzled, the manager would give him the price he wanted. So for that, for him, that element of Christmas preparation was Christmas Eve day. He always got the price that he wanted for whatever items he was purchasing for his family. But everything in life that we do requires preparation. For uh, the music to happen on Sunday morning, I wish it were so easy that I could just walk in and two minutes before the service say, okay, here's what we're going to sing. But there's so much preparation that goes, there's a lot of prayer, uh, a lot of uh, details that people a lot of times don't think about but are details that are necessary to make the worship services the best they can be for the glory of God. Everything in life requires preparation. Well, in order for 2012 to be its absolute best, there is an element of preparation that we must do. Now, it's hard to believe that tonight we are at the end of 2011. And as I mentioned in my prayer a moment ago, for some of you... 2011 was a great year. You look back and you see moments of triumph and and, and moments of victory in your life. But for some, it's been a time of difficulty. A time of things that you may not have even seen coming. Things that blindsided you, you weren't prepared. And now you're, you're at a crossroads in your life and you're thinking, How can I begin 2012 better than 2011? Well, I want to look at a passage of Scripture tonight that will help us in getting some insight in how we can make 2012 a better year. Would you stand as we read God's Word tonight? Philippians chapter 3, we'll begin in verse 12. Paul says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the, high, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you. You may be seated. May God bless His Word tonight. In order for 2012 to be a good year, there are three things that we're going to consider tonight. First of all, let's look at verse 12. Our first point, we need to understand that we have not reached spiritual perfection. Notice what Paul says in verse 12. He says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. And once again in verse 13 he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. When I first began to study this passage of Scripture, I started thinking, the Apostle Paul to me of any character in the Word of God seemed to have it together more than any other Christian. Now, We need to look back for just a minute as who was Paul before Christ. Paul was a religious man. He was, if if somebody were to judge based on the the checklist for his religion, he would have been the perfect church-going man. He did everything he was supposed to do, yet he hated Christians, he killed Christians, and he was a man without a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Acts chapter 9 records that on the road to Damascus, he uh, met head-on with God. He met head-on with the Lord Jesus Christ, and that day came to be not a hater or a persecutor of Christians anymore, but became on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. To me, those are my favorite stories, seeing stories of people who were once against God and now are for God, seeing a transformation, a change in the life of an individual. I love to see that. Nothing does my heart better than to see someone whose life has been turned upside down, or turned, let me rephrase that, turned right side up to the glory of God. I love that. And I hope you do too. But Paul here, he says, I have not attained spiritual perfection he says I have a long way to go and let me say I agree with Paul tonight about myself I have a long way to go I don't I hope I'm not alone in this room tonight I have a long way to go but thank God I'm on the journey and God is day by day transforming my life understand that you have not reached spiritual perfection the beginning To victory is first of all realizing there's a problem. We face that problem every day. We face sin. We face temptation. And that is a quick reminder that we have not arrived, but we're on the journey. Let's look at our next point. Not only understand that you have not reached spiritual perfection, but notice the second thing refuse to let the past bind you. Look at verse 13 if you would. Paul now says, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. For some in this room tonight, there are some things that you and I would like to forget. Amen? There are things that we have said in our life that we wish we could leave behind. There are things that we have done In our life, we have regrets. Paul says, forget those things which are behind. Leave them in the past. And I'm glad to tell you tonight that if you have a relationship with uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and you have repented of your sin, he says, as far as the east is from the west, I will remember your sin no more. Paul says, forget those things which are behind. Now what he's saying here, he's not saying to forget the victory. He's saying, celebrate the victories. Celebrate the victories in your life. I love church history. I especially love church history in the particular church in which I serve. And if you know the history of this church, God has done some great and marvelous things at Hepsibah Baptist Church. I, I, I really only know just pieces of of the history of this church. But if you trace back, God has done some amazing things. There was a time when this church was located right around the corner on Friendship Valley Road and God put a vision to, to move to this location. That was a moment of victory. God built a church here and God began to raise up even more followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. A few years down the road and God just started saving I mean, just rapidly saving souls. And and, and there was another moment of victory. Then God built this beautiful building. uh, And a lot of people drive by and stumble on it and are amazed that God has built a building right here in the friendship community like he has built here. God has done some amazing things. We cannot forget the victories. But here's what God wants us to do. Don't be so caught up in past victories that you forget what God wants to do here and what God wants to do down the road. Would you hold your place in uh, Philippians 3 for just a moment turn back to Ecclesiastes 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. I had not initially intended for us to flip back to this verse, but I believe it's a good one we need to look at tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10. The word of God says, Don't say, What is the cause that the former days were better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. I have known some people, they get caught up in thinking about the glory days of yesterday and they think, well, God did some great things back then, but God's not doing anything now and God's not going to do anything down the road. God's saying you're unwise if you say such a thing. God did great things yesterday, but God's doing great things today and God has great things in store for His church. Amen? God has great and mighty things far beyond our comprehension, perhaps a Baptist Church but we just had to get in with his program and allow Him to to use us to accomplish his purpose. Don't miss out on the future victories that God has for you individually and us as the body of Christ here at Hephzibah. But now I want to talk a little more about this phrase, forgetting those things which are behind. Not Not only is he celebrating the victories, but he's saying forgive those who have wronged you. Forgive those who have wronged you. Several years ago I had a particular person offend me and it was a wound that cut deeply and if you have ever been offended by any particular individual, you know how that can be. Every time you see that individual, all of that starts rehashing and you start remembering how that individual hurt you. Now fortunately for me, I was able to move away, but I would see this individual from time to time. And all those memories would come back. And that was a tool of Satan to to hold me down. But one day, and it was actually over several years' time, God began to do a work in my heart. And there came a time when I was able to see this person again. And I could talk to this person like nothing ever happened. It didn't happen overnight. It was a process. But if you have somebody that has offended you and hurt you so deeply tonight, And you can, if that person's name comes up, or if you see that person, and and all of this bitterness and uh, just starts eating away at you, you haven't fully come to understand what this passage is about. I told myself for a long time, "Oh yes, I've forgiven that person." But all of a sudden, somebody mentioned that name, and and I, my, my spirituality left me. You ever been there? You you, you thought about somebody that's hurt you or offended you and you didn't want to bless them in a good way. If you had that feeling tonight, you don't know what it means to forget those things which are behind. I'm not saying you totally forget everything that happened you have moments of amnesia, no. But you remember what happened, but you can love that person with the love of the Lord Jesus. Then you know you're set free in this area forgetting those things which are behind. You might be asking, well, what if, what if I've asked this person for forgiveness? I've asked and I've asked and I've asked and they won't forgive me. You're the one that has done the offense. Or you have tried to get right with that person and they don't care. Forgiveness is not for the benefit of the other person. Forgiveness is for the benefit of you. And you will then have a right standing with God when you have forgiven other people. Forgive those who've wronged you. But here's a bigger one. You want to have a good year? Forgive yourself for past mistakes. Forgive yourself for past mistakes. One of my favorite songs of course being a minister of music I have a lot of favorites but uh, it's a song called Not Guilty sung by one of my favorite singers of all time, Mandisa that lady can sing but the, the song begins, I stand accused there's a list a mile long of all my sin and everything that I've done wrong I'm so ashamed There's nowhere left for me to hide. This is the day I must answer for my life. My fate is in the judge's hands. But then he turns to me and says, Not guilty. I love that. But you know what? The hardest part is not in God forgiving us. The hardest part is in us forgiving us. I have looked back over the things that I've done in my life. And there have been some things that the enemy loves to throw in my face. Matthew, you remember what you did back at this point in your life? And then I keep having to remember my sin is washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have been there. I have gotten that right with God. It is only the enemy who keeps throwing it up in my face. I don't know what your past mistakes are and, and I'm definitely not looking for a confession tonight but well, whether it's something you've done recently or something you've done years ago come to a point where you can forgive yourself if you've gotten it right with God there's no need for you to hold on to it any longer you let it go because God has And you will find yourself walking in freedom when you have let your past mistakes go and know that God looks at them and says, what sin? Understand you've not reached spiritual perfection, refuse to let the past bind you, but now I want to look at a third point. Determine to have a brighter future. I'm not, I'm not talking tonight about name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. I'm not talking tonight about, you know, look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, Matthew, you're going to have a great 2012 and everything's going to go your way. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. But there is an element of determination that goes on in our hearts. We have determined to determine that we're going to live godly in Christ Jesus. We have to determine that we are going to walk in victory and not allow our mistakes and failures to defeat us. There is an element of determination and discipline, and that's what I'm talking about tonight. Notice what Paul says. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Determined to have a brighter future. What kind of a future? First of all, a future of spiritual growth. A future of spiritual growth. It is not God's will for any of us to proclaim to be saved and not be growing in His grace and knowledge. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, Peter closes. He says, but grow. He, said, I, he doesn't say I'm making a suggestion. You might want to grow in grace and knowledge. He says, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He said, it's not a suggestion, it is a commandment. If you are a child of God, you must be growing. Either you are growing or you're backsliding. There's no in-between. There's no day when we're going along and saying, okay, I've I've been serving God and now I'm just gonna sit back. Because what's going to happen? You sit here for a while. You're gonna get comfortable. If you ever notice on Sundays, I sit on the edge of this chair. Because if I sit back, I might have a hard time getting up out of this chair. It's a comfortable chair. And that's what happens. If you are not growing in your Christian life, you're going to sit down and you're going to get comfortable and you're not going to want to get up. And that is the moment you begin to backslide. God calls you and me to spiritual growth. How do we do it? Through prayer. And I'm not talking about just basic little prayer, God bless the missionaries. God, help me to wake up tomorrow morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I am talking about intense groaning, weeping, sometimes crying out to God. I'm talking about walking with the Lord and and, and praying on behalf of other people, praying for victory in the lives of others, praying for souls to be saved. Intense prayer. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself prayed. And if Jesus prayed, I think it might be a good thing for us to do as well. He prayed intense prayers. If you go back to the Gospels, you will read how Jesus prayed. And what an amazing thing. And we need to follow his example. Pray without ceasing. But spiritual growth also comes through Bible study. Notice I use the word study. Study. Not just casual reading, saying, "Okay, I, I'm, I've opened my Bible. Uh, okay, check, done." Some of—I I think all of us have done that at one point. We say, "Okay, preacher said I need to read my Bible, so I'm gonna read a few verses, check it off, I'm done for the day, be back tomorrow." No, if you are going to live victoriously in Jesus Christ, and you are going to have a good 2012, a greater year than you've ever known, you have to get deep. In the Word of God, I have been amazed at people, and I, I've been guilty of saying this one time. I thought this was spiritual, that's why I said it. I was going through a down time in my life, and I said, "I am not being fed." And and I, over the years, I have begun. To understand that phrase I am not being fed uh, just just think about that for a minute all of us are old enough in this room tonight to go when we're hungry what do we do do we sit down at the table and say okay somebody feed me no some of you, y'all might if you don't want to make it yourself. And I've been guilty of that. I'm thinking, I don't want to go in, in the kitchen tonight and cook up anything. So, All right, Rachel, come feed me. But let's be realistic here. If we are hungry enough, we're going to go to the pantry, we're going to grab the ingredients if it, and if all we have to do is walk to the microwave, we are going to make sure we are fed. Am I right? And then I got to thinking about this thing of being fed. I'm thinking Matthew, the reason I'm not being fed is because I'm not going to the table and I'm not setting food before me and I'm not doing this number. And then all of a sudden it made sense. I am not going to the bread of life I am not eating, I am not devouring the word of God and therefore I am going to become spiritually anemic unless I pull up to the table and eat from God's word. That simple. And and, and the reason we don't do that is because uh, the devil doesn't want us to. He will fight, he will use every excuse in the book. He will use our tiredness, he will use our schedules, he will use everything in the book and we won't eat from the Word of God. But we must fight Him, and we must determine we are going to grow in the Lord. So God's future for us, His future plan is for us to grow spiritually. But notice, a future of righteous living. A future of righteous living. God wants us to keep ourselves clean before Him. There are things that he wants us to do, and there are things that he doesn't want us to do. I'm not going through a checklist of do's and don'ts tonight. I believe we have an understanding of what we should and shouldn't do. But I do want to make a few comments. Don't set yourself up to sin. You say, Matthew, what do you mean? if you have an alcohol problem it might not be a good idea to hang out at the bar if you have a, a, an addiction to let's say sweets it might not be a good idea to spend hours in Walmart on the sweets aisle or, or whatever it might be whatever that temptation is for you Maybe it's the lust of the eyes. It might be a good idea to take and throw your television out the window. The Bible says, if your arm offends you, cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. Don't set yourself up for sin. You want to have a good year? Remove the temptation. Remove the opportunity from you put yourself in a place where you can grow there was a time in my life when I was growing spiritually and I realized that some of the people I was hanging around with this was when I was in high school they were not a positive influence in my life so what did I do what did I have to do and this this is what I did thank God I I, I had enough sense to do it had I continued Those close associations, it would have pulled me down. But I had to remove myself from the situation. I couldn't spend lots of time with people who were going to pull me down in my walk with the Lord. I had to be around people who were going to build me up. And that's what you and I need to do. It doesn't matter what age we are. We can be in our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. It doesn't matter. We need to be around people who are going to build us up in the Lord and not pull us down. I, I tell you, it, it, it's hard to be around people sometimes who are always just down about everything. You say God's good. So there is sometimes. You ever been around people like that? I mean, they just... Come on. God's good all the time. And even in the valleys, We have to force ourselves to count those blessings. The devil wants to take a mountain and make it into a molehill. We need to focus on the blessings of God. But we need to put ourselves in a place where we can grow. But then my final sub-point. Not only a future of spiritual growth and righteous living, but a future lived with eternity in mind. I'm afraid that the biggest problem in society today is we spend so much time living for the here and now that we're living for eternity. We're thinking about, what can I do right now to make me happy? We think about, well, what can I buy to make me happy? A lot of people are in trouble today because they bought too much to make them happy. We, we, we try to do all these things to satisfy ourselves in the here and now, but God is saying, no, I didn't call you to live for the here and now. I called you to live for eternity. What does that mean? If we're living for eternity, we need to try to win other people to Christ. Because we're not here just to enjoy eternity for ourselves. We're here tonight, we're sitting at Hepzibah Baptist Church and we're enjoying a great facility that God has given us and we're enjoying the blessings of fellowship with Christian brothers and sisters, but it is so much more than that. Outside of this building tonight are people, countless people who right now, if they were to die tonight, would split hell wide open. And our calling is not just to sit here by the fireside and enjoy the fire, but God wants us to take a fire out there and, and, and to snatch people out of the fires of hell and to lead them into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what God wants us to do. Live with eternity in mind. Not only does that involve winning others to Him, but that calls us to realize that everything that we do has lasting consequences. A lot of times we think about what we do affecting right here, right now, or maybe a few few years down the road at best. But what we do, there's going to come a day when we stand before the Lord Jesus and there are going to be some things that when we stand before him, there's going to be things that are going to burn away things that we did for us not things that we did for Christ. The things that we've done for Christ will last but we're going to see some of the things that we've done wasted times, wasted years of our lives burned away and we're not going to sit there with joy but but there's going to be an element of I could have done more for him. I think back, there's more that I could have done for the Lord Jesus God is giving you and me a fresh opportunity and you know I, we don't have to wait till Sunday when when the the clock strikes and we are we enter into a new year it can begin right now it for, for you tonight may begin when you get out of this church and you get back home and you have a chance to sit down and call somebody and get things right maybe it's somebody you need to call and say this may be the last chance I have to share the gospel with you we all have family right now they're, they're lost they're, they're headed for hell without Christ we can't ignore it how are you and I going to prepare for 2012 first of all we we must assess our lives realistically it is not time for just looking ourselves in the mirror and telling ourselves all the great, beautiful things about us. It's time to be honest with God and honest with ourselves and say, here is what needs to happen in order for us to be where we want, We need to be with God. Assess your life realistically. Repent of any sin, any attitudes. We might have some bad attitudes in our hearts tonight. If we, if we get honest with ourselves, maybe there's some things that we need to, to lay at the feet of the Lord. Some actions, some bad motives. Sometimes we try, we try to excuse the things we do. We say, ah, oh, I mean, well, you know what? We can fool ourselves in a in a heartbeat. So many times I've looked back and I've said, yeah, I thought I had it together. I was wrong. then we need to fight the good fight of faith with determination. This is the problem. God never, I repeat, never intended for the Christian life to be easy. He didn't say, okay, now you've prayed a prayer, everything's going to go your way. No. If you've been saved for any length of time, you know. You entered a war. Satan is out to destroy you, but God is for you and who can be against you? I'm so glad to know that God is on my side today. I I have someone who is interceding for me, the Lord Jesus Christ up in heaven. I am not defeated. I have victory in him. So we've come to the end of 2011. What is God saying to you? What's God saying to me tonight? We need to do an honest assessment and allow the Lord to show us the path he wants us to take. Let's pray. Father, tonight, Lord, you you don't desire us to stay where we are. You desire for us to move forward. And God, I pray that that's the heartbeat of every one of us here tonight. God, you don't want us to backslide, but you want us to grow. You want us to obey. God, I pray for men and women, boys and girls in this room tonight. Because, God, I know that everyone who names the name of Christ in this room has an enemy. But, God, I'm glad tonight to know that you're greater than our enemy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you don't leave us alone. But, God, you are right here with us. And we know that according to the word of God, the battle is the Lord's. So God, we come tonight. God, we look forward with anticipation for 2012. God, we want to leave the past behind us. We want to start anew and afresh. We don't want the past to dictate who we are. But God, we want to move forward by your grace so Lord I pray give each person in this room strength to live for Christ give them the tools they need to grow and abound in you so Lord tonight we give you this new year but God we give it to you beginning right this second God we want to be in the center of your plan And God, we are determined to fight and to be disciplined and to be determined to do your will. So, Lord, we love you. We give you all the honor and glory and praise. And thank you for what you have in store for us. And the people of God together said, Amen. Good night. God bless you all.